So this podcast is about what parents with minor children need to do to protect their kids and protect their estate for their kids. So welcome everybody. I'm Paul Rabelais. I'm an estate planning attorney and I'm going to go through really um, about five different key topics that parents with minor children need to address. But before I do that, let me set it up because um, obviously, you know, tons and tons of parents with minor kids out there and it's not common for the parents to become incapacitated or, you know, even pass away while their children are still minors. And, you know, for Louisiana, the age of majority is 18. So I'm really talking about, you know, um, if parents pass away and their kids are, you know, 17 or younger or haven't reached the age of 18. But when it does happen, it's um, typically a, a nightmare. And in addition to all of just the uh, emotional and stress, when you pile onto that all of the legal problems that exist. I've been involved in several and they've just been, um, uh, quite frankly, awful. So before I get into you know what parents should do, let me just give you a taste of you know what happens if something happens to the parents and they haven't put any kind of legal program in place for their kids. So there's different components to this. So this is the parents pass away, um, nothing, no legal plans in place for the kids. It may sound bad because it is, but know that we're gonna get to what you can do to avoid really all of these problems that I'm about to go over that will take place if there's no legal you know, planning in place. So parents pass away. Uh, let's just say that disaster, you know, both parents pass away, whether it's a car wreck or whatever, or um, plane or whatever. Leaving minor children, what happens? Well, there's different components. The first part is who's going to raise the kids? Kids are minors. Kids have no capacity to transact for themselves. And so who can determine where they live, where they go to school, uh, what kind of medical care they get? So this doesn't even have to do with the money or the inheritance. This is who has those parental rights. And so what happens is, you know, typically and hopefully, you know, surviving, you know, relatives kind of step up, but they'll have to go, you know, hire lawyers. And one of the things that will be have to be established is to, who will be maybe in layman's terms, it's called a guardian for the minor children, but in Louisiana, it's called a tutor, T-U-T-O-R. Who's gonna be the tutor for those minor children and until they reach the age of 18? So there's, there's lawyers, there's petitions, there's judges, there's court hearings. Um, if, if more than one person is petitioning to become that tutor, it can be adversarial. Uh, meaning it goes on forever, kids are in limbo, um, absolute nightmare, not to mention the expense and the delay that your estate will incur having to sort through all of this. And then after many months, if not years, um, judges will appoint what's called a tutor and, and an under tutor who watches over the tutor, and um, 
and all of those tutors' actions that they take must be approved by a judge before they, before they take them, um, at least from a financial standpoint. So that piece right there of just having to designate new guardians for the kids is a nightmare. Then it's really not over. That's just the non-financial component uh, to leaving you know, minor children behind. Then there's a, a financial component. What happens to the assets that the parents left behind? You know, the parents probably had a home. Maybe they had some retirement accounts, some bank accounts, some vehicles. Um, maybe, you know, they had accumulated some investments. Maybe owned a business. Who knows? But, um, you know, what happens to that stuff? Well, you know, got to go back through a court proceeding. So they'll have to be, again, hopefully there's maybe surviving family members or very good trusted friends who are willing to go through all the legal hoops on behalf of the kids. But again, the kids are minors. They can't do anything. They don't have any authority. So then um, you know, the first thing that might happen is um, some trusted friend or family member, hopefully, who has the kid's best interest in mind, will work with lawyers and hire lawyers and um, petition to be appointed as the administrator of the parent's estates. So that's kind of a time-consuming process, probably take a few months to get that stuff straight from the time of death. And then if the judge appoints that, you know, administrator, you know, that administrator may have to um, uh, post a bond, uh, you know, just go through a bunch of legal hoops. And assuming they're successful, you know, uh, and they get appointed as the administrator, you know, again, all of the parents' accounts are frozen. There's no access. Nobody's getting to any of that. Then there's the process of the probate or the successions taking place. So that administrator will have to track down all of the information on the assets that the parents owned. It's just a mess. And uh, accounts are, again, accounts are frozen. And then, you know, at the end, I'm not going to go through all the detailed steps of the probate or the succession, whatever you want to call it. Louisiana calls it succession. Other states call it probate. I could go through all those steps, but that's another um, podcast. At the end, then all of the assets will be transferred to that court-appointed tutor to manage for the minor children until the minor children reach the age of 18. So before they're 18, the tutor, if the tutor has to use those funds to pay for perhaps the private school tuition for the minor child or um, you know other living expenses, then that tutor is required to uh, ask a judge or ask the appropriate judge that's been assigned to that matter for you know judicial permission to use those tutorship funds. And again, that's just more hassle, more expense, more delay, more frustration. And then as the minor children reach their 18th birthday, you know, if there were two kids and there was a million dollars of assets between the perhaps life insurance, retirement accounts, home, then as each child reaches their 18th birthday, then the tutor will be required to go dump a pile of money into that 18-year-old's lap. So maybe if there was a million dollars, maybe 
uh, let's say oldest child turns 18, happy birthday. Um, no, nobody can get around this, but you know, got to give that child $500,000. So that child has now lost their parents, has had a pile of money dumped in their lap. They're 18, uh, really with no parental guidance. Um, likelihood of things tur turning out well is minimal. And so that happens. Um, so really, that's what we're trying to get around by, by putting the legal programs in place. All families are different. All parents are different. Um, parents can get, you know, really emotional and um, have real strong feelings about who they want to raise their kids in their absence and under what conditions. So now we'll get into the roughly five um, things, for lack of a better word, that we want to discuss with parents with minor children as we put their legal programs in place. Some of these we've already addressed, others we haven't. So the first one is the first thing I mentioned earlier, who's going to raise the kids. So the, the, in Louisiana, the surviving parent has the right to designate who those guardians, or in Louisiana called tutors, T-U-T-O-R, who's going to be the tutor of the minor children uh, if the parents pass away before the children reach the age of 18. So those tutors have the right, like I said earlier, to uh, determine where the children live, determine where they go to school, what kind of care they get, medical care. And so parents you know, typically like to have that control, but they've got to designate it the proper way. So sometimes parents say, well, I want, you know, I want my sister to be the guardian and raise my kids, or, I, or you know, if, if, if my mother's alive and she's capable, um, I want her to be the one that has the authority to determine where my kids live and, uh, you know, how they're raised. So typically moms and dads feel pretty strong about that and have pretty strong opinions on who should raise their kids in their absence because, you know, really life is all about, you know, taking care of your kids. So those designations of who's going to be the tutor for your minor kids if something happens to you before they're 18 are typically made in your will or, or what's in your last will and testament. They don't have to be made in your will. A couple of times we've, you know, our, our Louisiana law provides that um, you can provide for that tutorship uh, designation in what's called a, a declaration of the surviving spouse and that declaration has to be executed before a notary and two witnesses so I've prepared a few of those declarations before when for for whatever reason um, the the parents didn't want to designate it in their will maybe they had to do something very very quickly we just prepared that declaration but it's usually done in the will so that starts to make parents feel a little better if they've if they've exercised that control to to be able to designate you know who who better than the parents to know who should raise their children in the parents absence so we take care of that a second aspect of parents dealing with minor children is uh, this forced airship law that we have in louisiana it's really unique only to louisiana uh, doesn't exist in other places 
but just in its simplest terms, our forced airship laws says that if you have kids who are 23 or younger when you die, you can't leave them out. And most parents feel like, well, I don't want to leave out my kids because I want to leave it to my kids. But one of the practical effects of forced airship is if you have forced heirs, you can't leave everything that you own to your spouse. And some people you know, want to leave everything to their spouse because they know the spouse might need it. And the spouse is going to leave everything to the kids when that surviving spouse dies. But you can't do that in Louisiana if you have forced heirs. So you're forced, no pun intended, to leave your spouse perhaps um, another Louisiana term, this usufruct, this right to use what you have but not own it or leave things in trust for your spouse so that when your spouse dies, it, it must revert back to your children. So we gotta deal with that as um, we work with parents with minor children, gotta satisfy the Louisiana forced airship laws. That's number two. The third aspect, and right up there at the top with naming the guardian of your minor children, the third important aspect to address is how to leave assets to the children if both parents pass away. Most parents with minor children feel like, wow, if we pass away, um, we don't want our kids you know, to get a lump sum of money on their 18th birthday. They're not gonna be ready. They may not even be in college yet. And if they blow it, they only have one shot at it. And if they make some mistakes, it could ruin their life. So most people, in order to prevent that from happening, where the inheritance you know, ruins the kid rather than helps the minor kid, most parents say that you know when the parents pass away, uh, what the parents leave behind goes into a trust for the benefit of the children and the parents will name a trustee and that trustee could be an individual like a relative or a trusted family friend. It could be the same person that's the guardian or tutor of the minor kids. It could be separate, somebody different. Some parents say we want so-and-so to raise our kids, but we want uh, the other so-and-so to handle their inheritance. And, and then, you know, we have to talk about some of those trust provisions, you know, and, and typically it, it revolves around how the uh, trust for the kids could be used for their health, for their education, for their support, for their maintenance. There's what's called a HEM standard, H-E-M-S, health education, maintenance, and support. And so it's available for the children for those needs at any age. And then it's typically provided that at some later date, then the trust assets get turned over to the children. And maybe the parents feel like, well, once our children are 25, whatever hadn't, be, hadn't been spent for their education, they can have it when they're 25. Some parents say, let's give it to them in stages, a third at 25, another distribution at 30, another at 35. Occasionally we see some people say, I want the trustee who might be their sister or brother or relative or trusted friend. Sometimes parents, as we set this up, will say, I want the trustee to have the discretion to determine when my children get it. I don't want to just automatically give them, give it to them at 25 or 23 or 30 because I don't know what the circumstances will be then, but I know that my 
sister, friend, brother, whatever, trustee, um, will be able to determine if it's appropriate to give it to them. So let's give the trustee discretion. So we always make sure that things are left in trust for the children. That eliminates things having to go through a tutorship proceeding at the courthouse where a judge has to approve every expenditure for the minor child. This eliminates all of that. People set up those trusts a couple of different ways. Some people set up those trusts in their wills. Uh, you know, if my wife and I pass away, then uh, it says, you know, in my will, I leave all my assets to a trust for my kids. That's called a testamentary trust. It's a trust that's part of your will. Some people do it that way. But when you do it that way, when you die, all your assets will be frozen. And then you're the executor of your will, probably the same person as the trustee of your kid's trust, will have to hire lawyers, will go through the court process. And at the end of that court process, then assets will be transferred from your name to your trust. Um, other people to eliminate that court process will, while they're alive, set up their living trust, uh, go ahead and transfer the assets to the trust while you're alive, your home, investments, other things, perhaps even name your trust as the beneficiary or contingent beneficiary on your life insurance and retirement accounts. See a lot of parents name their spouse's primary beneficiary, uh, their, their trust for the benefit of their minor children as the secondary or contingent beneficiary. So just know that you can set all this up in a way that uh, your trustee, your executor, your kids don't have to go through a court process when you pass away to before they can start benefiting from what you leave behind. So um, we often call that a, a maybe a revocable living trust program. And then a couple of other issues that all parents with minor children need to address is some of this, this incapacity planning. And so my fourth item of five is really every parent with minor children needs to needs to you know get these powers of attorney in place. That's who can do stuff for you if you're incapacitated and you can't access your bank accounts or sell a vehicle that's that's in your name. Maybe sell your home that might need to be sold. Um, Want to designate someone to be able to access medical records on your behalf? Talk to doctors if you're not able to do all those things for yourself. Because if that happens and you don't have this planning in place, nobody can do anything for you. And it's a nightmare. And so, uh, again, another court proceeding called an interdiction, which lasts forever. It's very expensive. Court hearings, um, attorneys get appointed on your behalf. It's a mess. And so we always make sure parents with minor children have these powers of attorney in place. And and again, there's some thought that needs to go into who, you, who do you want to designate as what's called your, in Louisiana, it's called your agent on your power of attorney. Most you know, married couples, they'll appoint their spouse first. And some people say, well, wouldn't my spouse automatically have the right to you know, sign my name on a sale of my house or a vehicle? And the answer is no, no. So really important to have this in place. Most people appoint their spouse first, maybe that uh, trusted relative uh, as the backup so that if something happens to both spouses and they're both incapable, then you've got people you know, as backups designated to do stuff for you if necessary. 
Now, once your kids are older and they're adults, you may go back in and change those powers of attorney so that you may still appoint your spouse first, but you may uh, appoint an adult child or children as the backups, but you know that's not until they're later in life. And then we always have the kind of fifth and final point, that living will conversation for parents with minor children. We have it with everybody. And that's where you make your decision, and, you know, and it really may keep an 18-year-old from having to make that decision to withdraw life support machines if you're in that profound comatose state with no chance of recovery and the machines are just artificially prolonging the dying process. By signing a living will, you can take that burden off of uh, what could be very young family members, and you let your doctors and your family know your wishes, and then they just uh, you know, you're directing that they honor your wishes so it can, you know, relieve that stress and burden. Again, doesn't happen every time, but when it happens, it's a really difficult situation. So those are the things that we typically address. Parents with minor children, emphasis on the Louisiana family, but these principles apply wherever you live. And we want to make sure that um, you put these things in place, you know, early while you're, you know, while, you, while you're able and uh, should give you a lot of peace of mind. You'll be making things easier for your family one day and have that you know, security that um, you're not making these mistakes that people make when they don't address these things. So if you wanna find out more, I would suggest um, perhaps going to our YouTube channel Quite frankly, if you're a parent with minor children, you're probably on YouTube a good bit anyway um, because you're not like really old and like 90 years old. So go check that out. Hundreds of videos there, Rabelais Estate Planning, LLC. Um, go to our website, RabelaisEstatePlanning.com, and you can get a lot more information to, to get things started. Of course, you could you know contact our office to put things in place, and all the contact information is on the website. So um, that'll do it for today. Um, if you have some requests for additional information that you'd like uh, on these podcasts, what I'd suggest is maybe check out the YouTube video, write a comment. Uh, if you're com confused about something, want to get some more information, um, feel free to write it in there. We'll check it out and consider that. All right, so make sure you take care of business. Don't procrastinate. That's been the number one obstacle. Um, take care of things. You know, your kids are your, you know, are, are everything to you. And um, addressing things, these things the right way is really just a, a smart thing to do. Take care.